They were picked up in an early morning raid at 5am with up to or potentially more than 20 police officers, border force officers and Serco guards uh, put uh, separated, put into white vans and the mother and her children were in in one van, the husband in another. The the mother was not uh, allowed to sit with her children who were obviously distressed. They're put on a plane, flown more than 1,500 kilometres to Melbourne, where they've been effectively imprisoned in the Broadmeadows Detention Centre since last Monday, so more than a week now. Uh, they were not. They were told that they could not have access to a phone until they signed voluntary deportation documents, and that if they did not sign those documents, they nevertheless would be separated and forcibly deported to Sri Lanka. So it's been an incredible ordeal for the family. Uh, They were given absolutely no warning that that such a thing would happen. Uh, And it's caused a a tremendous amount of distress, both for them, but also in the community that they've been snatched from. Indeed. Now, you wouldn't expect uh, this kind of treatment of anyone really within a democratic country, but I, I imagine many of the listeners would suspect that uh, this is the sort of treatment that a, a terrorist suspect or something would uh, would undergo. However, uh, Priya um, and her husband, Nadi Salingam, and their daughters, as you mentioned, very young, a nine-month-old and a two-year-old, uh, they received this treatment simply because Priya's visa had, uh, had expired, a bridging visa, but uh, she was in the process of uh, renewing that, if, uh, if, if that's correct. Yeah. That's absolutely right. And it was the day after that that visa had expired. Uh, the, the visa situation of her partner is a little more un, unclear at this stage, but his, we believe his also expired potentially on, on the same day. But, but absolutely right, no warning that this was going to happen. They'd been, or Priya had been in contact with a caseworker from the Department of Immigration. They'd been, she had, she had been led to believe, believed or had been led to believe that there was no problem, that there would be just a, a process of renewal going on. So absolutely taken by surprise. I mean, even if they weren't taken by surprise by the raid, uh, even if they'd been expecting the raid, the raid is still unconscionable in the way that this has been carried out. Uh, against this family who's been living there for, for four years. And the, the Department of Immigration at the moment, um, or spokespeople for the minister, who, whoever it is that has been uh, responding publicly to uh, news breaking of, of this raid, have said basically that, uh, that, that the government is in the right, that the, that the family had uh, exhausted all avenues to uh, claim protection in this country and that the government is... Uh, quite within its rights, therefore, to deport them back to Sri Lanka. Um, but I would say that this is absolutely unconscionable. Uh, it is not safe for Tamils to be returned to Sri Lanka. Uh, if, the criteria, if, if this family has not met the criteria um, that the Australian government expects to be met for people to be granted protection, then it's not the family's fault. It's that the criteria are wrong and need to be revised. We consistently get reports from Sri Lanka. We've had the International Crisis Group last year. We have uh, consistent messaging from uh, the United Nations. Uh, Amnesty International's most recent country report, which came out only a few weeks ago, um, uh, February 22nd, highlights again 
that there is a culture of impunity in the security forces, that torture, harassment, intimidation continue to be widespread in the country against Tamils. And we have uh, more recently on the 1st of March, uh, a special report on, uh, uh, conducted by Al Jazeera, uh, which again reiterates what we all know and what has been well documented, that torture, uh, abduction, uh, sexual, uh, uh, sexual torture, all continue because there is a culture of impunity among the security forces, among the police, and among the military, and that Tamils are targeted, and most frequently it is Tamils who have been returned, who have previously fled the, co the country, or, and or Tamils who are, have links to, or suspected of having links to, uh, the Liberation Tigers of Tamil Ilam, which was the, the national uh, resistance movement that was militarily defeated in 2009. Now, of course, uh, as you're saying, the situation for Tamils in Sri Lanka, for anyone who knows of that situation, is horrendous. And uh, as you rightly said, the Amnesty International, among many others, have uh, condemned very vehemently the treatment of uh, Tamils in Sri Lanka. However, the Australian government uh, declared, uh, you know, some years ago that the war was over and that it was, uh, you know, essentially, in a, in a wide generalisation, safe for Tamils to return to Sri Lanka, I guess hence why we're seeing these kind of uh, situations arise now. What does it say about our, I guess, our process of determining who who is a refugee or who, who has, uh, you know, I guess, a, a right to stay on in Australia as a refugee when so many international bodies can, can quite, you know, clearly state that something is, you know, so unsafe for people like the Tamils in Sri Lanka, and yet because, uh, you know, one one office in Australia or the minister in Australia decides, oh no, you know, it, it is perfectly safe, whether that's to do with our relations with that country or not. It, what does it say about the process that, uh, you know, these people are being deported back to a, a place where they're clearly not safe and yet our government has, uh, you know, arbitrarily decided that they are? Well, it, it tells us that the system uh, for determining uh, who d is worthy of protection and who is not that that system is flawed, if not totally broken, particularly when it comes to the question of Tamils. Uh, it also tells us that, system aside, that this, this is a government that uh, has uh, consistently lied about the situation in Sri Lanka. Uh, it has peddled the Sri Lankan government's line uh, for its own self-serving interests. And there is, there is a, a mutual interest on the part of the Sri Lankan and Australian governments to deny Tamils protection here. The, the bilateral relation between the two countries is seen as increasingly important. If the Australian government were to start uh, allowing uh, or granting more Tamils protection, it, it, it would fly in the face of everything that the Sri Lankan government has said, i.e. that their country is safe, that there has been reconciliation and that all Tamils are welcome to come back, all is forgiven and the country is safe it would totally embarrass the Sri Lankan government. So the Australian government doesn't want to do that. Um, and the Australian government has partnered with the Sri Lankan government in preventing people uh, from, from that country and also regionally from exercising their human right to seek asylum. The Australian government has partnered in border protection with the Sri Lankan uh, government. It has given them bo uh, uh, boats to, to patrol their waters to stop people fleeing in the past. Um, so it doesn't have uh, a good track record. Ne neither country, neither country's governments have a good track record on the question of treating Tamils as human beings, other than uh, as opposed to uh, fodder.
If we can just finally return to the raids and the, and the treatment of this uh, particular uh, Tamil refugee family, uh, Border Force has come under in, you know, increasing scrutiny uh, and, and criticism from many within the Australian community. Uh, just recently, a lawyer who spent more than 30 years at the Immigration Department uh, has said that there's been an exodus of senior staff from uh, both the newly formed Home Affairs Organisation um, and that there's also uh, deep problems within the Australian Border Force. What, what do you think, I guess, this particular case, this morning raid and, and, and all the, you know, the, I guess the horrors that have been inflicted on this family, uh, on top of all the, I guess, the criticism of Border Force and uh, the, the Home Affairs um, organisation, what, what do you think it says about, I guess, our current culture of, of immigration in, in Australia, the Immigration Department and these new organisations? And, and, and do you think that, you know, it, it adds further weight to the criticism of organisations such as the Home, Home Affairs and also uh, Australian Border Force? Well, it reflects very poorly, doesn't it? Uh, and we, we no longer have a Department of Immigration. We only have, as, as you noted, we have the Department of Home Affairs, reflecting the increasing militarisation of the immigration portfolio as a whole. Uh, we, 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 we are now in a situation where immigration uh, is treated almost entirely uh, as, a, as a security issue as opposed to a human issue. Um, and that is reflected in the creation uh, of the Ministry for Home Affairs and uh, Border Force as well. People, people having their homes raided because their visa expired a day before. Um, this is not... Uh, this, is, this, this is new developments. We've said for years, really, haven't we? And I think your, your listeners have probably... Or many of your listeners probably would have said similar things over the years. Year after year since the, the late 1990s, we have said that the situation for, for refugees coming to this country surely could not get any worse than it is now. We said that in 2001. We said it in 2003. We said it in 2005. We've been saying it year after year, and broadly speaking, with a few exceptions, year after year, it has continued to get worse. The, the culture of uh, punitive reprisal, the culture of locking people up uh, simply for having exercised their, their right to seek asylum, the fact that we now no longer accept anybody who comes by boat and we have people languishing in these camps on Nauru and Manus Island, things have continued to deteriorate in, in this area. And there is no sign of that deterioration abating unless there is significant public pressure and campaign to reverse some of these gross uh, and vile, unjust laws. 